RTHK News. It's one o'clock, I'm Steve Dunthorne. The headlines. Police warn people against sharing Apple Daily articles calling for sanctions as they begin a new national security probe into the paper. More than 500 officers are involved in a major operation, arresting five directors of the media company and raiding its offices. And China's space ambitions take a massive step forward as the crew blasts off for its first orbiting station. Police have advised people they risk violating the national security law if they share 30 Apple Daily articles at the centre of a major investigation of the pro-democracy newspaper. Five Apple Daily directors were arrested on suspicion of colluding with foreign powers this morning in an operation involving 500 police. Senior Superintendent Steve Lee sidestepped questions on whether the articles, which called for sanctions on officials, were news or opinion. He warned staff to be careful. We have a very strong evidence that the questionable articles is a play a very crucial part for the conspiracy, which provides the ammunition for the foreign countries and the institutional organizations to impose the sanctions to Hong Kong and the peoples of the Republic of the China. As for the um, RSTs, and some of them, even they are the proprietor, the publisher, and the editors of the newspaper. That means they play a very, very important role for the articles, the publishing, and about the operation of the newspapers. A senior editor at Apple Daily, Lam Mancheng, says he will do his best to ensure the newspaper keeps publishing. He was quoted by Apple Daily as saying that officers had searched the offices of senior management and their computers and some documents were seized. Mr Lee said a court warrant allowed staff to search journalistic materials, including computers used by Apple Daily's reporters. He says that staff were told to leave their desks because the newsroom is now considered to be a crime scene. But Mr Lee said witnesses were at the scene to ensure fairness to all sides. The search warrant is empower us to do the search, including the um, digital device. But you know nowadays, like all you guys, was as a reporter, all the things that go in the computer eventually. So that's the reason we have to look into the computer to find the evidence. But pretty be sure that we only find the relevant one. We have no interest for the personal stuff. Hundreds of police entered the newspaper's offices in Junquino this morning. Maggie Ho has details. It's the second time National Security Police have conducted an operation on Apple Daily, after its founder Jimmy Lai and other executives were arrested last year. More than 200 police entered the premises at around 7 a.m. Its editor-in-chief, Ryan Law, was taken away from his home in Quarry Bay around the same time. Police said four men and a woman, aged between 47 and 63, were being detained, and searches were also conducted on their homes. Those arrested include two other editors, as well as the chief executive of parent company Next Digital, Chang Kim Hong, and the company's chief operating officer. Mr. Lai is currently serving a 20-month prison sentence for his role in unauthorized assemblies in 2019. Last month, authorities froze his assets and shares in Next Digital. Trading in Next Digital has been suspended on a stock exchange. The Secretary for Security, John Lee, says that no one could use journalistic work as a cover to carry out acts that endanger national security. He didn't answer questions on whether subscribing to Apple Daily or sharing social media posts from the paper would constitute a crime. Yet the Secretary called on the media to cut ties with the suspects or face serious consequences. The suspects have been arrested on strong evidence that they are 
conspiring to endanger national security. It is your choice whether you will regard them as part of you who go about your journalistic work lawfully and properly. Elsewhere, the first astronauts for China's new space station have blasted off for the country's longest crewed mission to date, a landmark step in establishing Beijing as a major space power. Damon Pang reports. In a blast-off broadcast live on state TV, China's Shenzhou-12 spacecraft was launched by a Long March rocket to the nation's new space station shortly after 9.20 this morning. The liftoff from the Jiuquan Launch Center on the edge of the Gobi Desert took place against a backdrop of bright blue skies with near-perfect visibility. At a ceremony beforehand, the three astronauts in their spacesuits greeted a crowd of supporters, including family members, waving Chinese flags. Their spacecraft would dock with the main section of the space station, which was placed in orbit six weeks ago. When completed, it's expected to be much smaller than the International Space Station, with a lifespan of at least 10 years. China is planning 11 launches, including three more manned missions, to deliver two lab modules to expand the 70-ton station. Overseas, Save the Children says more than 700,000 Rohingya children are facing an increasingly desperate situation because they have no basic rights in the countries they fled to. The aid agency says many of the children who left Myanmar following attacks on Rohingyas by the military in 2017 are vulnerable to sexual abuse and trafficking. Olaf Blomqvist is a policy manager for Save the Children in Asia. Essentially talking about a lost generation of Rohingya children here. They all live lives on the margin where they're constant risk of abuse and exploitation. They lack legal status. The Rohingya are denied citizenship in Myanmar and that follows, follows them wherever they go. They're denied the refugee rights in other countries. Um, across these countries we looked at this, almost not a single Rohingya child that's actually able to access quality schooling. President Biden has warned his Russian counterpart Vladimir Putin that if the imprisoned opposition activist Alexei Navalny were to die, it would be devastating for Russia. Mr Biden was speaking after his first summit with President Putin in Geneva, at which he also raised concerns about two American citizens in jail in Russia. How could I be the president of the United States of America and not speak out against the violation of human rights? I told him. That's why we're going to raise our concerns about cases like Alexei Navalny. I made it clear to President Putin that we'll continue to raise issues of fundamental human rights because that's what we are. The two presidents described their meeting as positive and constructive, but made clear that significant differences remained between them. The two discussed cybersecurity, with Mr Putin denying Russia had a role in cyber attacks against US institutions. Speaking via an interpreter, he told journalists that the United States was to blame for most attacks. The U.S. sources claim that the majority of cyber attacks are made from the U.S. territory. Uh, then a second one is Canada, then two Latin American states, and then the U.K. As for Russia, it is not listed in this ranking of uh, countries that see the most, uh, the significant number of cyber attacks. The U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland has reversed a controversial Trump administration policy which made it more difficult for those fleeing domestic or gang violence to be granted asylum. Here's the BBC's David Willis. 
This move will make it easier for those fleeing domestic or gang violence at home to win asylum claims in court. But it comes at a time when the Biden administration is already struggling to control a surge of migrants at the country's southern border. And as the number of children crossing into the U.S. is approaching an all-time high. Immigrant advocates who accuse the Trump administration of demonizing those in the greatest need of protection have welcomed the Attorney General's move. Portugal and Spain have become the first EU countries to receive money from the bloc's 900 billion US dollar coronavirus recovery fund. Portugal is getting 16 billion dollars in grants and loans, while Spain will receive 84 billion. At a news conference, the Spanish Prime Minister Pedro Sanchez welcomed the money. I can say that today is a historic day. It's undoubtedly so for Spain because of the plans we are presenting, but also because of what it represents in terms of economic resources. It is also a historic day for Europe because the plans approved today open the door to a new way of understanding the Union, of cooperating together and responding to the challenges we face. Spain has earmarked 40% of the funds to fight climate change. A preliminary report into the collapse of a metro line track in Mexico City last month says it was caused by structural flaws. 26 people died when an elevated section of the line collapsed under the weight of a commuter train. Here's the BBC's Leonardo Rocha. A Norwegian engineering company hired as part of the Mexican government's inquiry observed deficiencies in the material used, including bolts. They also found evidence of previous damage to the structural supports where the overpass collapsed. There were questions over building standards and corruption involving the construction of Line 12. It was opened less than a decade ago and it was partially closed after that for over a year because of security concerns. President Andrés Manuel López Obrador has promised to punish those responsible for the flaws that led to the accident and also to repair the metro line as soon as possible. In financial news, the US central bank, the Federal Reserve, has indicated that it may start raising interest rates sooner than expected as the economy continues to improve rapidly and inflation rises. The chairman of the Fed, Jerome Powell, said the issue was discussed at the bank's meeting yesterday which decided to keep interest rates on hold near zero. As the reopening continues, shifts in demand can be large and rapid, and bottlenecks, hiring difficulties and other constraints could continue to limit how quickly supply can adjust, raising the possibility that inflation could turn out to be higher and more persistent than we expect. Official data shows new home prices on the mainland rose steadily in May as measures to rein in the property market were eclipsed by heated demand. Average new home prices in 70 cities grew more than half a percent from April. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 28,510, 86 points up on the previous close. Currency is the US dollars trading at 110.69 yen, the euro stands at 1 US dollar 19 cents, and the pound will get you 10 Hong Kong dollars and 86 cents. To sport, and we start with football's Euro 2020, where Italy are the first team through to the knockout stage. That's after a 3-0 win over Switzerland in Rome. Manuel Lacatelli scored twice to make it back-to-back wins for the Azzurri, who dropped top Group A on six points. Details from the BBC's John Bennett. Italy didn't even qualify for the World Cup three years ago, but here at the Euros, they're looking like one of the big favourites. Manuel Locatelli was the star man against Switzerland. First of all, he started and finished a superb move for the opening goal, 
with his Sassuolo teammates Dominico Berardi providing the excellent low cross. And Locatelli made it two seven minutes into the second half, taking a touch on the edge of the box before slamming the ball into the bottom corner. To the joy of the crowd, Chiro Immobile got his second of the tournament with a long-range effort just before full-time, and Italy become the first team to book their place in the last 16. Roberto Mancini's side are now unbeaten in 29 games. In the same group, Wales took a big step towards qualifying for the last 16 with a 2-0 win over Turkey in Baku. Wales have four points and will face Italy on Sunday. Captain Gareth Bale missed a penalty but assisted two goals. I'm absolutely delighted with the win. I think uh, (laughs) we fought hard, Uh, we worked our socks off like we always do. Um, Yeah, I missed the pen but I feel like I showed good character to, to help the team keep going, I know. We needed that victory more than anything, and yeah, to get the second goal at the end was the icing on the cake. Do you feel like you've done enough to, to go through? Uh, you'd like to think so, but um, of course, I, we'll have to see and wait, wait and see what happens. But um, we're in a fantastic position now. If you'd offered us four points at the start, we would have bitten your hand off. So um, yeah, we're, we're happy. Earlier in Group B, Russia got past Finland 1-0 in St. Petersburg. The result leaves both sides on three points before their final group matches. The Denmark manager Kasper Jolmen is preparing for an emotional return to the park and stadium tonight when they play Belgium following Christian Eriksen's collapse on the pitch. Eriksen is recovering in hospital after he suffered a cardiac arrest during Denmark's 1-0 loss to Finland in Copenhagen on Saturday. Jolmen says Eriksen will be watching from nearby. Yeah, I think Christian will watch it. Uh, it's really crazy. The hospital is right next to Parkin and... Um, when he looks out of the window, he can see Parkin. Probably he will be able to hear everything from Parkin. So that's a, that's a, that's a crazy situation for, for Christian. Yeah, I think he will be in his shirt and uh, watch the game. Elsewhere in football, Sergio Ramos is leaving Real Madrid after 16 years, in which he won five La Liga crowns and four Champions League titles. He became a free agent after failing to agree a new deal. In the NBA playoffs, the Atlanta Hawks took the advantage over the 76ers, winning 109-106 in Philadelphia to lead 3-2, with a chance to seal the series at home on Saturday morning. The Clippers, in the last few minutes, beat the Jazz to go ahead 3-2 in their series. On the ice, the Montreal Canadiens snapped a five-game winning streak for the Vegas Golden Knights, winning 3-2 to level their Stanley Cup semi-final series at one game each. The top stories again... Police warn people against sharing Apple Daily articles calling for sanctions as they begin a new national security probe into the paper. More than 500 officers are involved in a major operation, arresting five directors of the media company and raiding its offices. And China's space ambitions take a massive step forward as the crew blasts off for its first space station. The news from RTHK.
And welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Thursday afternoon. Thursday, the 17th of June, is today's date. Many thanks once again to Phil for the morning brew. And we have a busy program for you this afternoon. In about 10 minutes or so, we'll be chatting to Benny Toe, who's a ceramics artist, about his first solo exhibition, which is called Archaeology in RPG Volume 1. And it's the Irela Gallery, which is a non-profit organization run by a group of artists, including Lee Bun Yin, who's the former director of the Hong Kong Observatory, who'll also be joining us in about 10 minutes or so. So we'd love for you to join us on Facebook Live, Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3. And after the two o'clock news, Sadia Osmani joins us to talk about living happily ever after as she celebrates her 32nd anniversary with Mr. Osmani tomorrow. So stay tuned for some uh, good marriage tips with Sadia after the news. And finally,